Welcome to the sermon podcast of Damascus Road Church. For more information about Damascus Road Church, go to damascusroadonline.com. Well, morning again. I'm really excited about today. I'm going to move up because I want to be a little bit closer. Um, I got a number of things that I want to talk about and then just kind of walk through the flow of the morning. It's going to be a really good morning. We have, uh, for the first time, I've never done this before, but we're going to do both a parent-child dedication and a baptism. Um, I want to share a little bit about vision, uh, and then I want to step back because we can talk about vision, and we can also see the vision happening right in front of our eyes in people's lives, right? And so today is going to be one of those mornings where we get to see who we want to be and who we are and who, we're, uh, who God is transforming us into in real life and in action. And Shalene and Paul and Leonardo are going to be uh, standing up here with us, and we get to celebrate what God is doing in their lives and what God is doing in our lives as a church. Also, just wanted to take a little bit of time. Um, the cliche, you know, Vision 2020, it's a year of vision, all that. You can make fun of that. There is, there's a cool opportunity at the beginning of the year um, where we could talk about who we are as a church and where we think God is directing us. Okay, so I, I, don't, I haven't typically done this in the past. Last year was the first year that I felt like God was pressing on me, pick a word of the year. Like a lot of people do that. It can be a cool meditation throughout the year just to have a word that you meditate on, that you focus on, that you study, that you get into, that you use as sort of a, a helpful aid in letting God guide you through the year. Last year, I picked the word delight. Because I feel like, uh, I have just felt like God was pushing me to say, I want you to feel what I feel. And God is a God of delight. God is a God of joy. And I was missing some of that. And, I, and man, 2019, to be able to focus on that was great. As I reflected both for me and as a church uh, into 2020, what, I'm, what I really feel is just shortening the word uh, into light. Like 2019 was a year of delight. And I think that 2020 is a year of light. And uh, I want it to be all about God's light, who he is, how his character, how he shines, and then what he does in that, in the process. Okay? So as I've been reflecting on it, I wanted to see how does light show up, and who are we, and how could God actually like, um, line up who we are in this kind of concept of light. So we talk at Damascus Road. I wonder if we could put up this picture of, do we have this, of... The follow Jesus, share life, love our neighbor. So light, I started to think, this is kind of who we've said we want to be as a church. We want to live life up into God, following Jesus. Jesus uh, modeled a life with the Father in dependence on the Spirit that he would walk through life like with an intimate relationship with God, depending on the Holy Spirit and following the Holy Spirit. And so we've said, we want to follow Jesus. Everything about who we are, we want to follow Jesus. We want to live life up to God. Well, how does light look like with that? We've also said that we want to live life in, with one another, in deep community. We've said that. We've put words to that. We want to share life. Not just like say hi to one another, have acquaintances in the church, but we want to be people who have 2 a.m. friends. So if you know some, if if you're struggling at 2 a.m., you know that you have people you can call. And they're there. And they have, you have an understanding to say, I know if you're calling me at 2 a.m., I'm going to pick up. Right? Something's happening. And that we could live life with one another. And uh, it's fun to look at different cultures, the way that they share life, 
And we have a kind of a rugged individualism here in the United States, and, it's, and this one's really hard. This one's really hard to share life because we've got all of these things that tell us to be strong as individuals. And honestly, some of it gets away from what I think God intended. Like, I, I do think God wants us to be strong individuals, but I think he wants us to be interdependent. We depend on one another. Not codependent, but interdependent. And so we want to share life together, and we want to live in. And so how does light affect that? Or how can we see light like that in the Bible? And then, and then we said we want to live out. We want to live life loving our neighbors. That God commands us, as we follow Jesus, to love people well. To do that over and over and over and Jesus says, I'm giving you a new commandment, like love one another, right? Love one another. The greatest commandment when Jesus is asked, what's the greatest? He says, love God, which I would, I would understanding who Jesus is and what he's uh, commanding, love God because he first loved you. Like you know that you are loved by God. And a right response is to love in return, right? And it's, that's not something that's forced That's not something like, oh, I should do better at that. That is a natural response to understanding how loved, how deeply loved you are by God, is to respond in love. And then Jesus says, and love your neighbor as yourself. And so as a church, we want to to follow Jesus. We want to share life, and we want to love our neighbor. That's neighbors in our family, neighbors in our actual real-life neighborhood, neighbors in our workspace, neighbors on the street, neighbors in this neighborhood on Park Street. We want to do a good job loving our neighbor as we follow Jesus. And that will come out naturally. There will also be times where I think we have to like, be intentional in like, uh, putting ourselves in position to grow with God that way. So here's my light for 2020 and growing up in and out. I look in the Bible and I see these verses. Can we go to the first one? Jesus in John 8, 12. Jesus again spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And I love that. that When we follow Jesus, we're not just following a good teacher. We're not just following somebody who has good advice. We're following the light. I am the light of the world, Jesus says. Whoever follows me will have life. Like We get to live in that light. That's the light that Jesus has for us, I think, this year. As we follow him, we actually get to live in the light that leads to life. The whole uh, opening of the Gospel of John is about Jesus who comes here and has the light that leads to life. And we want that. We want that this year. And we're already living it. And we said, yes, open ourselves up to more of that. Then if we live in with the light, 1 John says, this is the message that we have heard from him and declare to you, God is light. That's up again. In him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him, and yet we walk in the darkness, we lie. We do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. So I love that, right? Not only do we have life, but we have fellowship. Fellowship can be one of those churchy words. But fellowship at its core is, the Greek word is koinonia, and it means like deep, deep relationships, that you are known and loved by people, and that you know people and love them still, right? All of my faults, and you still love me. All of yours, I'm going to love you too. We don't hold that each other 
don't hold that against one another. We don't judge each other for it. We point one another toward the light always. We may challenge each other or get in each other's face, but it's done out of love and it's done out of kindness. And we want to walk with one another in deep, gritty relationships that lead more and more and more to life. And we want that. And so light in 2020, as we walk in it together, our relationships are going to deepen. Our relationships are going to grow. And I'm excited for that. And then we talk about light out in the next verse. In Matthew 5.14, it says, You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. So in, when the time that Jesus was talking, homes were like one-room homes. And you light a lamp and you put it up and then it kind of, it does give light to the whole house. And Jesus is, uh, hold on, Oop. maybe that helps. Jesus is talking about a light that's put in. Obviously, obviously it's meant to be seen. So if Jesus gives us light and we live up into him and he gives us light together and we're growing in deeper and deeper relationships, obviously that light is meant to be seen in a world that has darkness all over the place, right? It is obvious what light is for. It lights up the darkness. If you were here uh, later in December, you heard me talk about an example of shining a light up on a ridge uh, over a city where the streets lights were coming on and talking about kids, how they start to understand that God has given them a light to shine in their cities. Now that's us. We've been given a light to shine. And so this year I want light. This year I want light up following Jesus. I want light in with fellowship one another and sharing life with one another. And I want light out. I want light uh, loving our neighbors lighting up the darkness in our city, in our world. Um, and so that's, that's what I'm praying for for me. That's what I want to pray for for us. And I want to head that way together as Damascus Road, that this year, 2020, would be a year of light. Um, that makes sense? Good. Uh, I want to pray about that tonight. We have our monthly prayer gathering at 6.30 to 8, and I'd love for you to come and pray with me just about light. Light up, light in, and light out, that God would show up this year. I, I have great expectation that he will. But if we could come and pray together tonight, and if you have concerns and if you have uh, things that you want others to pray uh, over you for tonight, we'll have space for that too. Um, but if you can come tonight, 6.30 to 8, let's pray together around light. And then last thing before we jump into a parent-child dedication, um, next weekend is Snowblast. Next weekend, our middle school and high school students join with Community Church in Fond du Lac, and they drive uh, all the way north to Pembine, Wisconsin, for a weekend up in the cold and the snow and the ice, and it's, uh, it's really, really, really a fantastic time to play together, to, have, to exhaust physically themselves, but then also to put themselves in a position where they can hear from God. And uh, so, many, so many life changes and transformations have happened at this retreat through the years. Uh, this year, the theme is unplug to recharge. Right? We live in a world where we're constantly plugged in and yet drained. 
constantly plugged in to all kinds of different things and yet feeling ourselves getting emptier and emptier and drier and drier. And for a weekend, literally unplug, get away from cell phones, get away from technology, and just go play in the snow. Unplug, but then as you do that, the way that God fills you up when you step away from the things that keep you distracted and you step into the, the real source of life again and again, it's a recharge. So I want to pray for our students. I'd love to take a moment, even right now, if we could pray. We've got, uh, Justin, did you say 25? 25 kids going, a uh, bunch of leaders, and then Community Church uh, has a whole bunch of kids. So there'll be, it'll be a, just a full camp unplugging so that they can recharge. I wonder if we could take just a, a few moments now to pray about light, about snow blast, uh, and head into the rest of the morning together. Father, thank you that you are light. We thank you that you don't hide, that you don't go away, that you are light and you shine light and you never stop. And thank you that you shine light in our lives, that you've revealed yourselves to, uh, to yourself to us, that we could know you. I thank you for placing the light inside us, and I thank you for what you teach us about how as we live in the light, we grow in relationships with one another. I pray that this year would be a year of honesty, a year of vulnerability, but also that that vulnerability would turn into strength. Paul says, when I'm weak, then I'm strong, because it reveals you, that you put all of you and your Holy Spirit in us. In our weakness, you fill us in a way that this world can't comprehend. And I pray for more of that this year, that we would recognize, um, recognize our identity in you, recognize the power that lives in us and the light that shines out of us, and that we would put ourselves in position this year to shine. That people would see you this year because of your light in us. We want that, and we step into that. And Father, as our students and leaders get ready for Snowblast next weekend, we pray that that would be uh, just an amazing weekend. Lots of fun and lots of laughter, good food and uh, growing friendships. Um, and we also pray for spiritual breakthrough. We pray that um, as they open themselves to you, they would encounter you. Some, uh, some in just very ordinary ways where they just take a small step that could alter the trajectory of our life. And some in ways that they couldn't plan for, that they couldn't expect, but that you would blow them over with your love. I pray for uh, just a keen awareness of your presence next weekend. We pray for safety. We pray for wisdom. We pray for diligence. And we pray for faithfulness. And we pray that our kids would encounter you. We pray in Jesus' name this morning. Amen. All right, well, uh, let's get on to some fun stuff this morning. Uh, we're going to go into parent-child dedication. That, by the way, vision talk, that's as much as I'm going to preach today, okay? Um, we're going to go into parent-child dedication, and then we're going to go into baptism uh, with a testimony to follow. In talking with Shalene uh, a number of times and getting to hear some of her story, uh, she requested sometime a while ago if she could get baptized. Um, and in hearing her story, hearing her testimony of transformation, it's one of those that I don't want to blow by because it's a story of radical transformation where God gets into somebody and lights a person up, 
right? And uh, we get to celebrate that. So there are times where short testimonies or short affirmations of like, do you know Jesus? Yes. Do you love Jesus? Yes. Do you want to follow Jesus? Yes. Dunk. Right? That's good. But this morning, we want to like, we want to experience the depth of this transformation. And so I, uh, I asked Shalene if she would come and share her testimony. This won't be like a two-minute testimony. Uh, I want you to get comfortable. Um, and I want you to, um, I want you to glory in a picture of somebody living who we want to be as a church and where we're going. So this is a picture of the vision being lived out. Follow Jesus, share life, love our neighbor. You're going to get to see it in Shalene's life. Thanks for sharing. Well, good morning, everyone. Um, I want to start with that verse that I think it's very important in my whole testimony. Um, The Spirit of God is not of timidity or fear. It's of power, and that is very present in in my experience that I've had with God. And it's of um, love, unconditional and beautiful one, and um, self-control, which I really need all the time. (laughs) Um, I am not going to extend a lot. Uh, Shannon recommended that if anyone uh, wants to know more about and a specific thing that I mentioned, please come afterwards. Afterwards, I would love to know um, you. Uh, I love being in stages and in front of people, but I definitely hate talking about very um, personal and intimate uh, stuff. Um, But there is power in being vulnerable, and then there is a lot of power um, that I I want you to... um, yeah, get to get to know or, or hear, because like Shannon mentioned, or I don't know if it was Justin um, in the sermon a couple weeks ago, um, Jesus did not pick me because I am amazing. I am amazing because Jesus chose me and died for me and surrendered everything um, for love. And I think there is nothing more powerful than that. And I want you to hear that amazingness and I want you to hear about his power and his greatness and how fierce he is for us Um, and not so much about our sins or our um, weaknesses that can be a lot and until we surrender and we say yes Jesus then we don't get to see the big and, and, and the power that he is. So I don't only want to declare today to the world how much I have felt loved by God and how much I love Jesus and how much I want to keep surrendering my life constantly to him. Um, but I want you to to, sh- to feel um, in a very intimate and personal way how God has, cho- has taught your hearts. So everything, a little bit of background. I'm from Mexico City. I've been living here just for six years. I moved here for my husband, Paul. Um, And I come from Mexico City, which is a 25 million population city. Um, So we, I come from a very um, hedonist culture and I come from a very uh, intense, competitive, shark mind. And as I get to be here and being alone, I started, reflecting about all those very bad things that we have in my culture. Uh, We have a lot of classism and differentiation, and I was a part of that. 
I was, I thought I was fine. That is the beautiful thing about my testimony, that I know that a lot of people get to know Jesus when they are in the darkest places, but I, I was fine. I had a beautiful life, what the world tells you, it's success. I had a beautiful job. I was married to an amazing man, um, and I was just working in a great job. Um, and everything started when I met um, Mickey, my acting teacher, which I used to call the very naive Christian, crazy Christian lady. <laughs> and I loved, I loved hearing about um, her stories. And like I always said, can you please skip the demon and twisted and dark parts? Because I'm, I'm scared of those things. Like I'm constant fear of darkness and demons and, and all of that. And she kept saying, I'm going to give you... Um, a Bible, a pink Bible, and we laugh about it. And I was like, just keep telling me. But um, even though I saw her as naive and crazy, <laughs> I love seeing how she was, she has congruencia, which is a word that I don't know if it exists in English. But she says as she thinks, as she does as she says, it's congruent. Is congruency a word? I think so, right? Mm -hmm. Congruent. There you go. So I respected a lot. So I respected, I respected that a lot. Therefore, I respected her religion a lot. So she kept talking about um, this Jesus and a total absolute truth that for me was like, that is completely relative, Mickey. But okay, there is an absolute truth, apparently. Um, and it wasn't until I, I was selfish. I was very selfish. I want to go into this structure that Shannon gave me before and in the middle of knowing God and after Jesus. Um, I think I was very selfish. I was manipulative. I was a very bad influence for a lot of people because I was fun for gossiping. Um, and, you know, a lot of defects. But I love this light that this person brought into my life. And I love how she showed it through example. And I even envy that. And I remember telling her, I want to give everything to someone like you, like to a God or anything that will take off all these burdens of my issues or of my problems that I can't resolve on myself. Um, but I just couldn't let go because I was very proud, I guess. So... Uh, I think I had a, a experience, well, I, I don't think I had an experience with a demon getting on top of me. And that's when everything started happening. Because a night before that happened, Mickey told me, I feel that God needs you to know something. And I'm like, okay, here we go. Um, and she's like, there is power. There is power in the name of Jesus. And I want to tell you a little story. When I was a little girl, I used to um, see, see a demon um, in my grandma's uh, closet. And I remember feeling so uh, powerless. And I wanted to scream to my grandma, and I couldn't. So I screamed, in the name of Jesus, go away. And the demon went away. And I'm like, OK, remember that I told you about the darkness and the demons and all of these things? <laughs> And she's, I have that on my heart to tell you that the name of Jesus is powerful. And I'm like, okay, thank you. And fair enough, 
the next morning, I have this horrendous encounter. And as I was trying to pray and nothing was happening and I was powerless and I couldn't move, I remembered what she said. And I said, in the name of Jesus, go away. And it went away. Um, so that was a very scary um, experience. That night I got together with my husband and my mom and we prayed together. Um, and that's when everything started happening for me. Then my birthday came, I think a year after, and finally I received that Bible. It wasn't whole pink, but it had a flower in it. Um, and as all of this was happening, I also was attending to a padlock, and, and there was this community, and it was in Beth's house, and I get to know all these beautiful women that were always super welcoming, even though I was completely inappropriate, like, all the time. <laughs> they never judged me. And that was a very powerful thing that happened to me because I remember going to Miki too, to one in, in, in one of our first kind of friend, um, you know, get together, and saying very, very inappropriate things. And she being like, okay, I need to go to the kitchen, <laughs> I'll be right back, and she prayed, and she prayed, and I think God told her that if she really wanted to get to know me, um, she needed to know where all of these very inappropriate comments were coming from deep in my heart, so she listened, she listened and never judged, and I remember a meeting with Beth's group too, where Beth was, Shalani, we may not agree with you, but we are not gonna judge you. And women were struggling with very um, intense problems, and I was not appropriate. That is the word, I was very um, inappropriate. <laughs> Let's leave it that way. And, but they hear. And even when I insulted even the Bible, when I was like, this sounds so stupid to me, they were like, it, 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 it may sound like that, and that's okay. The important thing is that you are reading it. And I was just reading it because I wanted to prove wrong to Mickey and have conversations where I was like, okay, so millions of years of existence comes into seven days or whatever, you know, anyways. So um, I want to focus on that. There was power in the name of Jesus starting there. I could defend myself when I felt powerful, power, powerless, because I mentioned his name. There is power in prayer because women were praying for me, and Mickey was praying for our friendship. And there was power of the word um, because I was. the more I read my Bible, the more I felt... And it is so funny that you mentioned light because one of the very first things that I read in the Bible was like this light sharing to others. And I remember sharing that with my husband and telling him there is this amazing thing in the Bible that says the light in me goes to others and I absolutely love it. And that night again, I went to my bed and I started thinking in demons and it was so dark. So the next morning I, I woke up and I'm like, Paul, forget it. This shit gave me peace and it's giving me anxiety. I don't want to keep reading the Bible. I don't want to do this. I'm done. And Paul was like, yeah, but yesterday you were telling me beautiful things about it. 
And it is not that it's just your very first time having fear. I think you have struggled with fear of those type of things since you were little. So don't blame necessarily uh, the Bible or the word. And it was interesting because he grew up in the church, but he wasn't super connected to God. And still, he saw how beautiful and how um, passionate I was about this very first thing that I was reading in the Bible. And because he loves me, he encouraged me. So then for me, there is the power of love because love is truthful. And even if he had his own agenda of like, oh man, here it goes, my Mexican dramatic, very passionate wife getting into something that who knows, you know, because he knows me, I'm all in and I'm super passionate, I'm super intense. And he's like, here we go. So I know that in his mind, he didn't really want me to go that path because he knew I was gonna start like losing it. And I did, I completely broke, but he loved me and he was honest and he encouraged me, even when he wasn't very sure about this new journey we were gonna take together. There is power in miracles and, and a lot of miracles happening from a deer crossing and turning around and I remember I was learning how to drive and being like how I didn't honk, I didn't do anything and the deer completely turned around and left when it was about to crash my car. You know, little things like that that you know is God. There is no other way. This was Jesus. There were miracles like that to the miracle of my son when they told me that I, my water was uh, ruptured. Um, they wanted me to stay in the hospital for a week. And they told me, we need to induce right now. Sorry I'm jumping in stories like that, but testimonies are chaotic, so are you following me? I love you. <laughs> okay. So when I was pregnant, um, uh, they did like three tests in the hospital, and they were like, you are ruptured. So we're, we need to induce you right now. And I was like, what are the consequences of that? Is my baby ready? Is it not? Like, uh, as new parents, we had no idea what we were going to do. Uh, we were panicking because, you know, there are bad consequences for a um, pre premature baby, but there are bad consequences if I left the baby inside, right? So I went to the bathroom. I'm like, I'm going to shut off all of these doctors that they put a lot of fear um, all the time. And I just started praying. And I started speaking in tongues, and he answered. And it's as clear as that. He said, you need to wait. He will come in my perfect time. And you are very desperate all the time, Shalene. And this is one of those type of things that you don't want to rush. And I was like, OK. And I obeyed. But I said, please send a sign. And fair enough, a doctor came. And I was going to ask him, if I was your wife or if I was your sister, what would you tell me? And without me even asking, the doctor said, if you were my sister, because I think he was gay, <laughs> told me, um, <laughs> sorry, he told me, um, I will wait. I would not induce you right now. And they were expecting me to have the baby because I was ruptured and the baby wasn't coming. A lot of women were praying for me and I am very thankful for that. And I don't know if I was ruptured and God healed me or... I was never ruptured because the baby didn't come. And they wanted to repeat the test. And I'm like, you're not hurting me anymore. Um, so I went home. And fair enough, my baby was born at 38 weeks, completely, perfectly fine. So there are, thank you. 
There are miracles like that that are like huge, and then there are little miracles that are always there in a very intimate way. And so for me, there is the power in miracles. And then there was the power of church. Even before all my baby came along, I came to a women retire. I think it was like a retirement retreat. Thank you. And and we were were going to connect to Jesus. I heard a very powerful um, testimony, and we were doing a sculpture, and we were supposed to connect and communicate to Jesus through art. Uh, Mickey did a very interesting sculpture, I know that story for another time. <laughs> and, but God told me, it was one of those moments that I have shared with Jenny, I don't know if she's here, I don't think she's here, but it was the power of surrendering, the power of letting go, completely letting go my power, my strength, my knowledge, my, my intelligence, which I was very proud of, um, and, and say, you want to you wanna follow me, but you don't let go, so let it go. And again, it was like super powerful. Some of you m- may have saw me uh, crying in the rows of the church, like Jesus telling me he has walked with me in the past, in the present, and in the future, and like holding my hand and walking with me, and like very, very powerful um, ways that he showed himself to me and I think that he has um, that he wants to be be seen like that in in a lot of people anyways so I wanted to um, talk about that power because with as the time passes we kind of start forgetting how intense those moments were when we completely broke and and realized how much we need him and how weak we are and and how much we need to let go of our own strength in order to be completely fulfilled. We can't just give him a little bit and then expect him to take our whole mess. We need to give him ourselves completely. And there were so many other moments where I felt uh, God was speaking through Crystal and through Beth and through these beautiful women that were around me, like Beth telling me how um, there are things in my past that I thought defined me as a person that I didn't want to um, let go because I thought they were good. And I said I, I didn't have a bad experience with that bed. Um, I don't belong here. I don't feel re- regret about what I did. And she was like, well, time is relative. Jesus doesn't want us to do certain actions, um, not because it's a sin, but because he wants to protect us. He doesn't want us to struggle. He doesn't want us to suffer. And for him, time is relative. And it might not have hurt you at that moment, but it might hurt your husband in the future. And she was all right. Because I have seen my husband's suffering and struggle for my past decisions and decisions that I made before getting married and vice versa. So there were so many things that were so confusing and as your journey starts, you know, um, happening, um, he keeps pressing and he tells you, you are worth it and I'm going to keep fighting for you. And for me, that has been a bigger proof of how tiny, tiny I am 
because it doesn't matter. There is no like impossibles for him. There is nothing bigger than him. There is no darkness that cannot be defeated by what he did and by his sacrifice and how he completely surrendered his life to the ones he loved in order to be with us and have a relationship with us. And that's one of the other beautiful things that I experienced today, that I get to have him 24-7, not just when I go to yoga and I do all my meditations. I get to have him all the time. And a very powerful thing, it's the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit came inside of me, made me say and do things I did not want to, <laughs> like bringing darkness to light. And one of those examples was when I uh, had all these lies towards my husband before we got married, and that I promised myself I was gonna bury um, with me. And one day, uh, we were about to watch a series, and I was like, no, let's have a tea. And I just started what I said, vomit verbal or verbal vomit, because I couldn't stop talking. And I started saying all these lies, bringing them to the light. And he listened, and he was very upset. And I thought my marriage was over. I thought we were done. But then forgiveness and redemption came. And it was very hard, and we suffered a lot, and we struggled. But it was another miracle, because Miki was saying me. I, God keeps uh, telling me to tell you to ask God how he sees Paul. And as I was converting and having this relationship with God, uh, God kept telling me, you need to honor and respect your husband more. You need to honor and respect your husband more. And I even asked Paul, how can I honor and respect you more? Um, and I just prayed that. I prayed, Jesus, show me how you see Paul. And after I said all those lies and we were in sorrow, um, I was walking and I was praying. And Holy Spirit clearly told me, you asked me how I see my son. And you want to see him through my eyes. There is no way I can see him with lies. Paul is my beloved son. I love him with all of my heart. And I would never dare to lie to him or to hurt him. And if you want to start living like I do, you need to bring all this darkness to the light because I would never lie to him. So that was very, very powerful and very, um, it was like a breakthrough in our marriage. And he forgave and he kept loving me and he kept getting closer to Jesus too. And one of the biggest, and, he, and God also showing me how much he loves Paul for me was like, this is true love. This is how we are supposed to be loved. And, 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 and that was one of the verses in our wedding, you know, love is not proud and love is not, but we weren't Christians at the moment. So I was like, oh, that sounds beautiful. But it never really hit me until I learned how he loves us and until I felt how he loves me. Because even though I was in a very disgusting place, he showed, she, he showed how it doesn't matter. He showed me how he loves me and how he forgives me and how he wants me to live with him. 
So there was the power of the Holy Spirit like really pressing in my life. And the power of obedience coming because till today, he's very intense <laughs> about self-discipline and self-control. So that's why that verse is very um, meaningful to us because there is no white, I mean, there is no a little bit, there is not warm. Like with Jesus, or you are all in or you are not. And I think he wants us to be like that in, with our relationships, like with our family and with our children and with the world. You are in or you are not. You can't be just, I love you a little bit, but I am not willing to say the truth because I promised myself I was going to die with this lies. You can't do that when you are under the love of the Holy Spirit. Or you love Jesus or you don't. Or you show love to others or you don't. And... That it's, um, I love that because I am kind of that way in, in my personality. I am full in or full out. And that's one of the things that I loved about that community of girls. And even though at that moment I was like, gosh, this bed is so intense. She's like, Shalene, when I wanted to hear a testimony, she was like, you're going to get what you're going to get. And I was like, gosh, I just wanted to hear all of you. And like, I didn't get it. But as I see back, I completely understand how loving they were, even though they were harsh on me. And that's how Jesus is. We cannot take him lightly. He is harsh, <laughs> but because he loves us and he doesn't want us to suffer. And he did an amazing, very big, painful thing to save us so that clearly shows us how he's not light he is powerful and he's intense and he really wants us in so i just want to share that that was powerful the power of prayer it's very powerful i have a lot of stories of who i was and how i transformed and how and who i am right now how he has transformed the way i see people how i love people Um, how I don't judge um, anymore. I mean, I still judge sometimes. <laughs> but, um, but he has completely taken the veil away. And I see with light. It's like they put colors in my life. And now I see the truth in every single situation and circumstance that I am in. And it is completely different. Things that used to be fun and... Um, and I used to love, are completely horrendous now. And, and then they are sad, and they cause me sorrow, and they want me to pray against those, those things. I want to pray against those things, things that I used to love. So there was power in healing, in willing to surrender and completely break down um, here with strangers crying and being vulnerable. There was power in, in the way he heals us so personally inside power in the way he responds my questions, and power power in worship, how I can be super angry and then I worship and like, I completely calm down. Even when I don't want to worship, I'm like, I'm, I am going to worship right now because otherwise I'm going to lose it. That's my way. It might represent in other ways in your lives. The most important thing is that I see the world and people completely different. 
It's by his solutions, not by my solutions. It's in his power, not in my power. It's in his strength and not in mine. And I'm completely surrendered. And I'm completely filled of joy. And I'm completely filled of optimism. And I love talking about Jesus with everyone. I love talking about it with people that don't believe in him, especially. Because um, I do want them to experience that change for good. I want them to experience his perfect love. I want them to experience people that truly care for you and love you because they are loved and cared by God. So I just want to, with all of these things, to encourage you to see that power in any way that is specific in your lives, in how God has manifested his miracles or his power of the Holy Spirit or his love to you and be reminded of that excitement because the more I get to know God, the more I fall in love with him. And, and I think he has always loved us so perfectly that it is impossible not to go crazy about him. But life is hard and the world is hard and the problems of the world makes us forget about it and makes us see him like, oh yeah, God, I'm Christian, I go to church, whatever. It is not whatever. God is a big deal. It is a big deal for me. And, and I want to feel more of that um, congruency. <laughs> that word doesn't exist, but you'll remember that. Um, with what we say is the same that we think and is the same that we do as how Mickey showed me. I often say, the world needs more Mickeys. <laughs> Because she completely crazy. Mickey <laughs> loves Jesus. And she shows it in every single aspect of her life. And I still respect and admire that a lot. And I have seen, unfortunately, Christian people that call themselves Christians and don't love God like that. And because I thought, oh, everyone is like Mickey. <laughs> But, and Mickey obviously has his, her defects too. She's not perfect. But, <laughs> but I want to see more of that in this church. And I've seen that light and I've seen that power. Um, but if we do not, are, if we are not willing to connect and share what God has made in our lives, then the whole point of being together, it's lost. Because everyone is in their bubble and following God, and I think that God created a massive bubble for all of us to be protected and together sharing who he is and what he has for us. So I just wanna, I just wanna encourage you in that. It is a very big part of my culture too, to be very united, and that's my wish for the people that has followed me since the beginning, to the people that I have just met that are extraordinary. You can hear the theme in Shalene's uh, testimony. It's a theme of power, right? Of moving from living by her own power, and she has a lot of it, to moving to living with Jesus' power, encountering his power, and then living by his power. So the power hasn't diminished. It's exploded, right, in her life. And the power that she had just by herself that was great was actually very small. 
compared to the power that she now has and she lives with and light. Can, Dave, if you could throw up that uh, light with the follow Jesus, share life, love our neighbor picture. Here's what I love about this, okay? So in Shalene's life, you can see it working in reverse order. You can see loving our neighbor by her uh, relationship with Mickey being loved and then coming in with a group of women who wouldn't judge her but would continue to uh, invite her in. They were loving her. Then they started to share life with one another, and it got to a point where Shalene said, I want to follow Jesus. And now Shalene lives that out, and she shares life with people, and she loves her neighbor. Right? So this, it's like a cycle this is a vision that we want to grow up into. We want more and more of that. And you get to see that in her life. So thank you for sharing. Uh, thank you for sharing that. And for real, uh, if you want to know more about her story, she loves to share it. Uh, she loves to brag about Jesus and what he is doing in her still. Um, I'm going to give you an opportunity right now to go get ready for baptism. Um, <laughs> she's going to get ready and I want to talk just a little bit about what baptism is here at uh, Damascus Road like parent-child dedication we don't believe that baptism is um, that anything spiritual or supernatural like happens where God comes into a person at baptism um, baptism is a really powerful visual reminder of the life that Jesus gives us the life that God has for us, when, like Shalene, we recognize it's time to surrender who I am. It's time for me to die to myself, to living by my own power. I want to put that part of me to death. And I want to come up into new life that Jesus has for me. Where 2 Corinthians says, if anyone is in Christ, the old is gone, the new has come. It's a perfect picture of baptism when we go down in the water of the old life getting buried and then a new life coming up in Jesus. Now, here's a cool thing. When Jesus in Matthew 28 says, I want you to go, therefore, and I want you to um, make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and then teaching them to obey everything I've commanded. When he says, I want you to baptize them, he's not just simply speaking about dunking people. I think he is talking about a physical act, a physical baptism by immersion, but I think it's even much deeper than that. When he talks about baptizing people, he's talking about bringing people into the family, of completely surrounding them, letting them get lost inside a community, We'd say that by saying sharing life. That's what we want to do. We want to baptize people into a community where we're surrounding them um, and cheering for them. And so that's, that's what we're doing. As Shalene comes back today, Mickey's going to come up. Uh, Mickey has had just a key instrumental role in Shalene learning about Jesus, uh, seeing crazy faith in action that actually isn't so crazy faith. It just looks crazy to outsiders. But then you come to know the deep, deep love of God, and you get changed by it. So Mickey's going to come up. She has a couple uh, questions for Shalene. You can come up. I think until she comes back, our job right now is to stretch it. <laughs> um, here are the two questions. Have, do you trust in Jesus and Jesus alone for the forgiveness of your sins? And it's a, it's a question of trust, right? 
Have you surrendered your life to him? Do you trust him? Not all of the answers that the world would have, but do you trust him? Yes. And is it your intention to, to live with him, to walk with him, to obey him every day for the rest of your life? So there's a trust question and there's an obedience question. I want to live with Jesus and I want to live for Jesus, recognizing who he is in my life. So, Shalane, come on back up. And I'm going to turn it over to you and Mickey. Michelle, will you put your trust completely in Jesus, in the finished work of the cross that he did for you, his blood that has forgiven all your sins and has reunited you with the Father? Yes. And will you follow him? Surrender your life to him completely. Lay it down for him as he laid his life down for you so that he will raise it up and that you can live life abundantly with him forever. So, (laughs) don't worry. Go a little bit more over here. I was just joking about the little bit longer. (laughs) Okay. So, I baptize you in the name of our Father, in the name of his beloved Son, Jesus, and in the name of the Holy Spirit. Awesome, 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 awesome story, awesome faith, uh, the power of God in somebody's life where you can see it and you know that she lives with congruence, you know that she lives with integrity of being all in, that she recognizes mistakes she still makes and then is quick to own up to them and to say, okay, let's move forward. Um, I love the faith and power that you guys demonstrate this morning. Oh, the right response is worship. We're going to turn to worship. We want to pray into worship, and I'm going to invite you to communion, uh, recognizing and celebrating, again, the great, great love of God that would sacrifice himself and come for us to the rescue. And so we're going to, uh, we're going to pray, we're going to worship, and we'll finish our morning together. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Uh, thank you for the opportunity to see life, to see transformation, and to see power. And we pray for more of that in us in the days to come. Lead us into this year, and thank you for the celebration of this morning. We thank you, Jesus, for your rescue and your love. And we turn and we respond now, and we worship you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.